Oh, hello. <laughs> Arthur. Hello. Nice to see you. Nice to see you guys, as always. Good day for the crows. <laughs> Good day for the crows. We'll retire that one for <laughs> 2020. <laughs> I have no idea what it means. Really? Again, yeah, I no. lost. I know he explained it to us. I have no idea. That was going to be the first thing I say when I walk into the government office. <laughs> That's yeah. the sound of your soul washing away. I thought that's just something government people say. I, I heard a government guy say it before. Today on the Geek Help Podcast, some apps to start your 2024 off right. What if season two just dropped? So we have a trailer for season three. What, really? Steamboat Willie has just hit public domain, so of course there's a horror game coming soon. There's a horror movie that's already out. It's a mess. We review Rebel Moon, Asteroid City, and more. And of course, not much else because f*** you, it's January! (laughs) Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a kid! The Zones Geek Out, the podcast. It's the Zones Geek Out podcast. This is episode 271. Happy New Year! Yay! Hey, Horn. We record this on the evening of Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024. I just realized that date is wrong in the cue sheet. I'm Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 7.20 with whoever's there in the morning zone. <laughs> okay. Is that you, Brian? No? This morning? Right. For now, yes. In the morning Jason zone? and Brian this week. Okay. Good. Uh, Art, your turn. Oh, yeah. It's me. Hi. Oh, yeah. Hello. Art Aronson, uh, on loan from the Death Star. Happy to be here. Happy to bring my trash takes for a whole nother year, hopefully, if I'm lucky to do so. Uh, yes. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. All that jazz. On loan from a dreadnought, maybe, we'll start saying, because Rebel Moon, right? Oh. oh. Who cares about Star Wars anymore? Oh Just kidding. God. We'll get into it. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, you know, one thing I was sad we didn't get to do was give our, like, top TV and top movies from 2023. <laughs> so, I can do both. Okay. I'm going to just do it quickly right now. Okay. My top three movies. Okay. Oppenheimer. Yeah. Uh, Air and uh, Across the Spider-Verse. TV, Succession, The Bear, (laughs) Season 2, and Ted Lasso. Pretty, pretty easy ones there. Yeah, I'd probably say just The Bear as well. And then I know Oppenheimer should be on there, but for me, it's all about Godzilla Minus One. Once I saw that, I was like, that's it. You too, bud? I'm so happy. Yeah, I only have two. One is TV, and that was Pluto, and one is movies, Godzilla Minus One. Right. Yeah, I have a bad memory, but Brian, why don't you introduce yourself and then you can say that too. <laughs> sure. Hi, I'm uh, DJ Boytano. Right now I'm covering the you know, morning zone until Friday. Dylan you sound back it. on Monday. Yeah, man. I uh, it's, it's, it's going. It's going. It'll, it'll hold out till Friday. Dylan will be back on Monday. Uh, from then on, I'm the music director. And then we'll be moving to a Death Star near you. <laughs> oh, are we gonna... we'll get to that. We'll get to that. It okay. drops. Okay. Uh, okay. What well, is it on the cue sheet? Is Brian's new job on the cue sheet here? Review and recommendation coming soon. Yeah, Brian, we'll put it in R and R or something. I don't know. Keep um, well, okay. I was just gonna. Hi, I'm Bob Bacino. Hi. 
Uh, I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm coming to blow up your Death Star, everybody. <laughs> Again. Um, no, wait. It's getting harder and harder with us there. Yeah. Um, okay, so a co- couple of few things I wanted to uh, to touch upon uh, was, uh, you know, I missed the best of this year. I'm sorry that we didn't do a best of. We all, I think it just was like, because schedules are so much and mm-hmm. it was busy holiday season, we didn't get to put together a best of. I forgot actually that we had put out a best of like midway through the year. Did you remember that? Mm. Yeah, I remember. So this is the thing. Okay. I was doing morning show last week. Yeah. And I got off the air on Wednesday and I was like, I'm sad there's not a best of this week. Yeah. So I'm, I started putting it together. Dude, oh! you're kidding me. Oh, no. I started. I started. Okay, don't don't okay. give me any credit yet because. We should uh, clarify. It is Ryan's almost 100%. <clears throat> responsibility however this happens brian is the one Mm -hmm. who is responsible for the best ofs each year but you know how new year's resolutions they go they'll like we make a new year's resolution we go like okay i'm gonna stick to this new year's resolution uh and then by february like fuck it that was exactly that was almost exactly where both you and kirsten because you had tasked each other to mm. to draw clips that was almost exactly when you both fell off not just me and kirsten all of us. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I didn't even remember what I was supposed to be doing. We all agreed. <laughs> we would just earmark all the, the funny moments from the pod. And we were doing that so well. So well. Until about mid-February. Yeah. <laughs> and then we used all of those in the half. That's the, the, the one that we're too lazy to make a pod. That's that right. We, in the summertime. So and, uh, and then so I was like, I started trying. And I was crying? like. No, trying. Oh, to trying. Like go through the ones that we didn't like. So basically, after the point after we stopped like earmarking uh, clips or like setting aside clips, I started going through these pods and I was like, I mean, I just did the morning show. Nobody else is in the office. Everybody's at home watching Lord of the Rings or doing something festive. I don't want to stay here and do this. No, of course <laughs> yeah. not. Yeah, of course not. I stopped. It's it's no, a yeah, thought no. that counts, though, Brian. So. Thank you for that. I well, I because I went back and you're right. Without a best of as well, I just went back throughout the year and was like trying on my own little podcast to just like listen to some of my favorite moments or whatever. And you know what I thought of, and I almost came in to do it was to put together. I thought it would have been really easy to just collect, uh, if not all, most of or like the best ones of just the preambles, because I thought Mm. this is easy. You know where they are. You just pluck out. And throughout the course of the year, because I listen to a lot of just the preambles of our podcast over the year, you get a real interesting like feel for like not so much what's going on in you know the bulk of the podcast, the TV, movies, and the culture stuff that we talk about all the time, but kind of what's going on in our own lives. And it was very, very interesting little neat snapshot. And I thought (laughs) I thought I really did think about if it's a thought that counts, putting that together and releasing it as oops, all preamble. (laughs) I love that, Paul. I think that's kind of brilliant because. I I am probably in the minority here of the five of us. I listen back to the produced podcast every time. Uh-huh. Um, like, because I'm sure you listen for the preambles, you assemble them, and then you go through in the cue points, you put in the music, but you're not necessarily listening to the whole thing again. I'm always listening to the whole thing again. Right. Um, but I love that because you're right. The preambles are sometimes the most wonderful little snapshots of us. Yeah, so that's what I thought. It's like it would have been, you know, not a best of. Certainly, the preamble certainly not the best of anything. But 
it would have been a, a cute look back at the year. And that's what I love doing so much. I love that week between Christmas and New Year's where every news story is just like, here's the best this of 2023. And here's a look back at that of 2023. I love that stuff. I love uh, looking back and just reliving kind of the, the year that was. So I thought it would have been really neat. Now, <laughs> Brian... Leaving podcast? Leaving radio station? Oh, we're going to get into it right now. I want to. I, like, come on. Let's not bury the lead here. This when is huge news. Thank you. Brian announced, and as you can look at his website and everything, and it explains it all, but Brian. on the DJ.com. Yeah. Dot but, dot net. Uh, Brian. Oh, no. What happened? Where are you going? What happened? <laughs> the hell happened? That, that's a bad starting question. What a doozy. No. If you haven't read it either, go read it. Yeah, I guess that that's the main thing is that um, I, I put it all out in writing just because I'm so bad at articulating, you know, in the moment um, when I'm not just writing it. But uh, I don't know, like I, I, it, it had kind of, I, I guess you guys know, you know, and I'm just kind of put it, putting it out there for the pod listeners. But but like, I know my my pod family kind of knows, you know, where where it all kind of kind of headed but like i it's sort of just now kind of time for me to look towards uh i don't know making life a little bit more balanced for the old family yes that's that's probably the the number one um deci- part like decision so yes i am moving to the death star mm-hmm. probably not too too far away from from art maybe on a a different uh, floor or something of the mm-hmm. death star mm-hmm. um different I hemisphere am, yeah, i'm going yeah, exactly. So I'll be getting my uh, my stormtrooper suit and my uh, FN code or whatever. Oh my god, <laughs> hilarious! <laughs> FN code. Well, you know, I think um, yeah. So definitely go to Brian's website and read everything because it's uh, like this is so earth shattering for all of us. I mean, um, you know, Brian has just been such a huge part of this radio station for such a long time now. You said sixteen years. Is that right? 16 years. So what is today? We're recording this on January the 2nd. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I joined the zone on January the 8th, 2008. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, yeah. So 16 years in, in radio. I've been in radio for about 18 and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely one thing that I'm going to miss. Uh I, I didn't I when I made the decision I obviously didn't think that you know I it, it's it's funny because so when I got into radio uh I got in I guess 18 years ago I was uh, working at Rogers about two and a half years in I thought oh maybe this thing isn't for me mm, I, I wow. had a different mm. I, I had a different thought in my mind of how things were gonna go in radio or, or how things were run mm-hmm. in radio you didn't think Probably you'd be dressed up like a pig I've, well yeah so i started in radio actually as yeah as a mascot but that wasn't even it i just i, I liked doing that kind of stuff but uh i just overall i just thought oh i had this thought in my head of how it would be at the radio station you know where i was working first it wasn't really going like that and i thought oh maybe radio is just not for me got to the zone first day basically first week was definitely confirmed that yeah okay this is exactly how I thought it was, you know, how mm-hmm. I, I thought radio was run. Mm-hmm. Um, and I quickly learned that, well, it, it's, it's, it's like that because, you know, the queue in the zone did things differently, mm-hmm. you know, the, and, and it really felt like that. And, um, you know, whether it was boss man, Johnny, that drove that 
you know, that that ship, if it whether it was, you know, even just Ed Bain and just everything that he's brought to the radio industry here in Victoria and that that kind of path that he's sort of paved for us that we're maybe walking down mm-hmm. right now. It just something felt different with the way that we were doing things. Um, and so that gave me a renewed passion for the industry that I was in. Um, it's funny because, yeah, if for whatever reason, and I, I think I, from there, I, I started developing goals and a vision for what radio in general could be. That's how mm. hopeful it kind of, it, it kind of made me, you know, mm-hmm. and it, just being able to work with like-minded people who are as passionate about uh, our craft, you know, as I became. So uh, it, it kind of made me this sort of, bright-eyed young kind of broadcaster that had all these ideas of oh this is what we could really do we could we could really make an impact and we're you know we're getting there we like or we we basically had had gotten there you know we'd made an impact in the music industry I, and I, it's funny because i got to meet a lot of programmers across the country you know that i got eventually got st- started getting sent on these little music director trips where we'd hmm. get to listen to or meet you know new bands or new artists and and I got got to talk to like-minded music directors across the country who all kept saying wonderful things about what the zone was doing. In little old Victoria, all these music directors across the country, in sometimes in bigger markets, were trying to mimic what we were doing at the zone. Um, now, I'd so, like to interrupt for just a quick second. The the zone, yes, unto itself, and the cue to a certain extent has this vibe and feel and whatnot, but mm-hmm. it's because of the people that are in it. Johnny brought exactly. me your resume yeah. before he hired you, and we were both looking over it, and we both agreed that you would fit. The, mm-hmm. the fit is so, so important. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, in a job like radio, especially in a dynamic place like ours, if you don't fit, you, you wash out, basically. But you fit immediately and yes. i think you basically took what you loved about the zone and amplified it through your own amazing personality please mm-hmm. continue mm-hmm. thank you oh mm-hmm. thank you um but yeah so i, I don't know I, I think looking back at the 16 years i'm obviously very very proud of what we've done um obviously when i made this decision as well is it's it didn't feel like the job was done it feels like it felt like it could have kept going you know and i really do do hope it does keep going because and 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 i have faith in that uh because to you know faith in that to a certain extent because of the people that are still in this building because of the people like you paul like you bud like jenny like dylan and jason that are that are still driving the ship like kirsten who will be coming back from that leave but in the meantime emily you know like all these people you know it's <laughs> it's so easy to have faith and and trust in you guys in in terms of knowing the purpose of the medium and not ever forgetting that because mm-hmm. I do truly believe that in a lot of circles, especially corporate circles, that has been completely forgotten mm-hmm. to the point where it's like we get to now remind people every day that the zone is more than a playlist. Yeah. Radio yes. itself is more than just a playlist. Mm-hmm. We are there to give listeners an experience, right? They, they can, anybody can go to Spotify. Anybody can find music that they like. Now, because of the internet and because of the access that they have, we're basically in like a like a sci-fi realm where it's like a couple pokes of your phone and you're listening to your favorite song. But 
there's people like you, Paul, that give people that exp- that enhanced experience when listening to that song that can tell people a story about that song or a story about seeing that artist live one, you know, one, one night at the Capitol Ballroom. All of those things can't be done um, in other places, in other mediums. And so I still truly believe that, you know, while I think corporately radio has kind of lost its way, uh, I, I really want to have faith that we can get back to that one day because, you know, it's and, and so I'm, I'm sad that right now I'm not going to be able to be around for it. But it does it does get to a point where it's just like, OK, there's there's so much that I can do and push for this industry. Um, but then how much of myself am I kind of sacrificing in order mm-hmm. to do that, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. And how much of like my family life and, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, just kind of what I was like, even what I was saying last, uh, a couple months ago when we made the decision or my, I made the decision to, okay, well, let's still be the end of the mixtape. You know, a lot of that I was kind of doing on my own time because I just loved it. You yeah. know, I, I loved doing it and I loved hearing that it was helping people and getting them through their commutes or getting them just, to be able to entertain them while cooking dinner and all that kind of stuff. You're doing it on that, your own time because they are not paying you for it. Yeah. I mean, so that's, that's a thing is that there's certain, there's a certain lack of investment I find, you know, from a corporate level um, where it makes me feel like, wow, from the top down, it, it really doesn't feel like they believe this stuff. And we see it too, if we're, to bring it back to our geeky podcast, you know, you, we we saw that all the time with the the writer strike. You know, you'd see guys like David Zaz, like what's his name, Zazav, Zazav. You know, saying all this weird shit, showing that he's not really caring about the actual artistry that goes in, or, or artistry and creativity that goes into these projects. He's taking projects and um, and kiboshing them from ever being released so that he can grab insurance money. You know, everything is dollars and cents, and that's unfortunately. You know, that is almost happening in every medium, you know, radio, television as well. So it's a uh, it's an it's obviously an uphill battle to to fight uh, or it's an uphill climb, really. Um, but I I do really feel like I'm going to the thing that I'm going to miss the most is the team that I've been working with because they were willing to take those steps regardless of how steep they were mm. right mm-hmm. and still are so yeah I try to, trying to be i know it's just like it's funny we're on a podcast i've said mm-hmm. some nastier things on this podcast before <laughs> but i'm still trying to kind of be you know but little, not about your employer <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm still trying to be careful and fair with my words no that's good that's good yeah i mean yeah. One big thing is that um, this this job certainly uh, is, you know, vocation is the word that I always kind of think of. It is it is one of those jobs where you really have to pour like, you know, to do it well, I feel like anyways, yeah. uh, is to pour your whole self into it. And you did that in a huge way. And um, if the work-life balance isn't there and if the compensation and everything else isn't commensurate with the amount of effort that you put in, then it just it is untenable after a while. And I think that, mm-hmm. you know, that's a big, that, uh, you know, I, don't let me speak for you, Brian, but that's, it, it I, and this speaks, I think, mostly to how much you put into it, how you know, again, if you if you let it a job like this just really consumes your whole life. 
and 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 I think that uh, you know you have other things going on. You have a family, and you have you know. Um, uh, well, I mean that's that's the biggest one right there is your family, and but you also have all your other your DJing and and all the other stuff that you do in the community. You know that's all a huge thing. So I can just I can't imagine the amount of hours you know that you put into it, and it had to. Um, yeah, I, I guess it just it had to give. At some point with the frustration and everything else and everything that's going on, it just was so, so much that was just uh, to put on to you. Um, anyways, not to yeah explain where you're going and why you made the decision, but it's just it should be said just exactly how much you put into this job, um, you know, way above and beyond. And um, and I yeah, I, it's. It's fucked. We're gonna miss you so much, man. I just it's it's so hard. It's so so hard to to lose you. Um, that's one hard thing about this this job. It attracts people who love and care for it so much, but then you know people who are really really good and have those skills that can um, be transferred to other more um, profitable <laughs> endeavors in life sometimes get lured away by that by the potential of that you know increased earning potential, and so we're just losing one of the best people that's ever worked here you know, is, is the truth of it. And that's, I really, really mean that. And it's a bummer for us all here. Um, and I was sad when you left too, Art. I, <laughs> I was going to say. I was going to say. Over there. Crying us <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, on that yeah. note, though. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I think I said it to Brian and I said it to a few other people. Like, yeah, I left there. But this, and this is, everybody knows it goes without saying, like you said, Brian is a, heart and soul guy who's been here yeah. since the beginning it's just it's on a whole nother level and um you're gonna get a lot of people in government asking you about the zone man let me tell you <laughs> that right now if someone like me gets questions just wait till you well, um hear them all and so. someone who was so responsible for so much of what was good about the zone for so long too yeah you always you'll always have that pretty big feather in your cap man so i hope you do take that appreciation with you for the rest of your life and it's really good to like read all the facebook i i came across the facebook thread um, this morning, Brian, from your posts, and it was yeah. great reading all the names and yeah. all the comments. Like, I mean, I put out something, I think it got like two likes or something on Twitter. Hey, this was like, this was fantastic <laughs> to read from top to bottom. So, if you haven't had a chance, it just again shows the you know, the type of reach that you've had here in this community yeah. and the change that you've brought about in radio and you know, the music industry here, all that stuff. So, proud of that stuff. Yeah. Now. Oh, Jesus. The reason I even brought this up, really, was, you know, as pertains to this podcast, though. Here we have Arts back, you know, and yeah. keeps coming back. What is your plan, Brian? Because oh, um, fair to say that, like, you, I really think that you need to be on this podcast still for as much as you possibly can. Again, not to overextend yourself, to continue overextending yourself in your work-life balance. But I hope that now, rather than just an extra thing in this horrible job, that this now becomes like a little bit of a reprieve that, you know, you leave your new job behind, the stress of the day, and then come to here. And this almost becomes a fun thing to do. The podcast. Yeah. Almost. Well, and that's, uh, that's uh, it's like, I'm glad you asked that. And I'm glad you put me on the spot. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, yeah, I, the the main, I think, decision that I've kind of made with this is I will step away for, temporarily from the podcast 
just so that I can get my feet firmly planted in the new role and not fuck that up. <laughs> and not look like a total slacker. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. That's, yeah. But I definitely... It's funny because I was talking about this with Jenny uh, today about how it is the big thing that's going to be an adjustment right now is because I'm coming from a life and a career where where my life and my career was my outlet. Mm-hmm. Right? I, mm-hmm. I, I had a constant outlet. I could I I'm I was able to make music and put it on the radio and and um, you know play it for thousands of people in the city of Victoria or people streaming. Right. And then, yeah, I'm able to come here and and, you know, talk about my favorite movies and talk about, you know, Marvel shit and and all that kind of stuff, you know, that I like doing. And the stuff that we were doing anyway during our lunch breaks, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I I, I very much do plan to come back after I've kind of gotten myself on, you know, steady ground. After you've charted your plan to be the top stormtrooper. What's that? Yeah, the, exactly. knight, the Knights of Ren. Get in <laughs> line, buddy. Get in line. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that will de- and and the reason being is one because you know this podcast is you know this podcast in this group you know and Paul I mean like you we yes it's not sugarcoated we do talk about like we did talk about or touch on the the frustrations of this industry and and things and. I don't think if it weren't for us being able to get together on a weekly basis before and especially during the pandemic, Mm -hmm. I probably would have one lost my fucking mind. Yeah. (laughs) And then two probably would have announced my leaving like many, many, many moons ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so much is so so it's the, so I guess the easiest way to say that is you guys have what kept me here for so wow. long. Yeah. Um sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not it's something to apologize. <laughs> I think you guys are are what made my work experience um you know, it, you were the rewarding part of my work experience. I I find and you know as as um busy and as challenging as as most weeks were. Um, being able to sit down, chat about random shit like movies, TV shows, and sometimes get very, very nasty and inappropriate <laughs> with you guys for, you know, a couple of hours, <laughs> you know, once a week was, you know, I, I, just, I don't think I can envision myself not doing that. Right yeah. Now. Wow. So, yeah, obviously I would love to come back. Well, yeah, I mean, like, we are already having conversations about, like, it's a blow to lose you from the radio station, obviously. Um, such a huge blow, and uh, I don't know what we're going to do to replace you in that regard. I mean, we've had other music directors before, maybe that didn't do as much as you did, but we survived, you know, before you, and hopefully we'll go on without you at the radio station. But I, this podcast, to me, doesn't make a whole lot of sense without you, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I'm not going to start watching all this Marvel shit. And I'm so yeah it makes sense and and again like like art you know if you can't come every week i hope it's the majority of weeks and that you uh and that's what i think that's why i wanted to say this on this podcast because i think people listening hearing you're leaving the radio station people Mm -hmm. are are gonna want to know that you're not leaving this podcast as well where you know you're such a huge part yeah, we need you on this thing, okay? <laughs> and I'm a little shocked you didn't address it first and forehand, right? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Well, okay, but it's in, we got it in writing here. He's coming back. There still, it is. There it is. Still he kind of said it. He kind of said it. Okay, sure. Yeah. Like Paul was like hitting all those F8s. This is when he said it. This is when he said it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Good, good, good. All right. Well, we at least get you this week and next week, right? Or when? Yeah, yeah you'll be on next fair. week. Too. Okay, great. great yeah, I'll be on next week as well. All right, good. We'll see. cry again then. <sighs> and you are? I don't know. Get, get your podcast going, bud. Get Bud's <laughs> podcast going. Oh, God, stop it. Yeah. And he's Paul Placino. This week on Bud's Weekly Geek Out. Great idea from my Kate, actually. I'm just like, I'm sitting down. I'm like, I don't know what my Geek Out topic is. And she's like, talk about indispensable apps. And oh, my God, that turned into a great podcast. So I just went over, you know, from a personal perspective, because I've used the heck out of all these apps. I just went over a bunch of apps that I use and... I mean, the first one that I talked about, Raindrop.io, is an app that literally keeps the geek out, no, the weekly geek out running, because that's where I keep all of my ideas. And yeah, so I talked about, um, yeah, that's, that's a visual bookmarker. I talked about uh, how I keep my notes. I talked about my journaling app and podcast app and uh, private browser and grocery list thingy and um, two-factor authenticator and a password manager. And you can find them all at... TheZone.fm slash geekout. There's apps for all that stuff? <laughs> there's app. There's an app for that. All that. All the, those, yes. I was going to say Bet365, but sure. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. Well, that's great. That's great that you got a little uh, app run down there. I think the evolution of apps on the smartphone has been fascinating. That Yeah, the, when the iPhone was launched, and especially when that was like the second or third version of it came, and then they did, they launched that thing, right? It's There's an app for that in the App Store and everything. And it was like, wow, what a big rest revolutionary thing and then now these years later it's like uh don't you dare tell me to put another app on my phone because exactly it really is like the phone stuff that the manufacturer puts on there is what is good about it everything else all this third-party crap for the most part you know so much of it so many many of those apps in the app store are just they just take up space and who needs it? Slow your phone down. I think there was a time where I had like three different lightsaber apps on there. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Oh Why? Why? They were cool. Uh, sure. I liked yeah. Looks like I a have done beer. this kind of rundown, though, on apps many times over the feature since it launched in 2012. Not every year, but, you know, yeah. prob- maybe every other year. And I did go back to a couple of them. It's very interesting to see sort of how silly and frivolous they they could be at the beginning and my stuff this week was very no nonsense very just like (laughs) life is busy the world is a dumpster fire let's just get you through your week and that's what a lot of my stuff was and it was less about the silly things that you can yes put on a phone sure yes you can but you know that's why i think for a lot of people though i think what's proved to be the most important about their phone is taking pictures and videos 100% and sharing them too so you're always going to have those social media apps too you know for better or worse but i think that you know my phone really has become this you know like um time machine this archive of my entire life of all these pictures and a lot of people are like that too and i i do the cloud things so everything's you know backed up whatever but for a lot of people i know that they don't, and they get to like watch storage space on their phone. Yep, and it's so they don't have to delete, you know, these precious memories. Absolutely, and pictures. And so, if if you get an app, it better be worth it. It your app 
If you're asking me to put an app on my phone, it had better be worth yeah. however many precious memories of pictures that I have to delete to make room for it. And that's why, you know, still to this day, you know, all, everyone, every, for, again, for a while, it was like every company, every service was like, we have an app, we have an app. They wanted that real estate on your phone. And it's now it's just like that real estate gets more and more precious all the time. Do not Absolutely. ask. Do not ask to, me, to put an app on my phone. I think as soon as they were like, the iPhone was like telling you to put your apps into folders. That's when I was like, this is getting out of hand. Right. You have to have certain number of folders for, uh, you know, for all your apps. And it's ridiculous. So yes, hundred percent. But, and what's neat too, I think about your little list there too, bud, is the apps that are interesting from third parties now seem to be the ones that improve upon a basic thing that your phone already does. So sure. like yeah. Evernote comes to mind, right? There's in your notes app, but Evernote is a way better version of that. Um, and, and then, so the, the, the evolution seems to be now that a third party will think of a better way to do it, and then Apple or Google or whoever manufactures the phone and builds these apps into the phone will like steal things or gobble up or absorb you know, these third-party ideas and then implement them into them. So your Notes app gets better every time. And that is 100% because like, I have always had Notes, and I have gone through myriad notes apps and ultimately something goes sideways with them or they stop developing it or they're bought out by somebody is why i ended up with google keep their notes thing Mm. and the you know i also i'm also very scared about google apps mostly the apps that they buy um have a potentially limited lifespan google has killed so much Mm. so many of their products uh, although the majority of them have been little companies that they have bought out to eliminate the competition. And then they just, they run it for a couple of years and then they sunset the thing. So notes are pretty ubiquitous and I would hope they wouldn't kill that. But I am generally scared of Google, you know, doing that. Mm. But the Google Keep, again, I'm thinking it's such a ubiquitous thing, text in a notepad, that hopefully it should it should stick around. But that goes exactly to your point, Paul. One uh, that was important to me was... Uh, I had all these <laughs> apps that you could hide pictures in and password protect bunches of pictures. Oh, and why? of course, these are your most <laughs> delicate pictures that you'd oh, be hiding away, okay. right? Your most private personal. And But you were trusting some app mm-hmm. with them. And so I always would do it, but I'd be like, is the get, get. And then finally, <laughs> iPhone had a hidden folder. And then finally, it was like, I don't know, a couple of iterations, a couple of iOS versions after that, that that became password protected. Finally. Finally. That's ridiculous that it wasn't. Hidden is not protected. But now it is. Now it is. Now, yeah, it's locked down. And so only now, you know, 10 years, however long after having an iPhone, (laughs) do I finally feel secure that my hidden photos are actually hidden. Coming soon. <laughs> I think Brian wanted to chime in actually on that, maybe a little bit. Brian? No, 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 no. That's okay. Yeah, really? Oh, now that he works for the government. He oh. Wants to- oh, geez. There we go. Hidden photos. We're going to review what if in reviews and recommendations because season two dropped one episode per day starting. Was it Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? Uh, it was December 22nd. And neither of those. Okay. So season two is done, but they dropped a clip from season three. 
And so we're linking to that in the show notes. Just an absolutely fascinating... At first, I'm like, oh, is this an animated version of the Gorillaz video uh, uh, stylo? I, I thought that was, <laughs> was really neat. But we got... Um, the Winter Soldier and the Red... Oh, I... Guardian. Guardian, thank you. Uh, driving in a car, they get stopped at a roadblock, and there's the guy... The, the Who's the guy? You know, he's the guy. Voiced by Lawrence Fishburne. And yeah, uh, it's um, just a, a, a great man. little conversation, great little personality build. Hmm. It's three minutes, it's a full-on clip from the show, hmm. and it's just like, okay, they're still coming. To be continued. It was a Marvel flex, basically saying that we are almost at the f- series uh, season finale of uh, season two, and we've already made season three. <laughs> it's coming out soon, which honestly is phenomenal. They, you know, they, this is what uh, this is what Sunfest does, our local country <laughs> festival. They'll they'll finish off the third and final night, or however many nights it is, and they're like, "All right, thank you so much for coming. Next year, these are the headliners," and we're just like, "What? You've been sitting on this yeah. for how? I love that. I love that so much." And each episode, like they don't, it's like non sequiturs, right? Like it's not, it's not something that. Oh, there's no tie-in. There's no tie-in. There's, there's or maybe not a little connection. bit of it. Maybe just a little bit of fun. A little, yeah. So that's why they can do that. Yeah. 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 There's definitely no tie-in for the actual MCU, <clears throat> but there are some of these stories that can that connect. Oh God! In, within that, within the series, they the just can't help themselves. The they just, they cannot help themselves. Hey? <laughs> well, because they're they're trying to also then take these and and kind of tell a greater overall story, which I I still I'll, I'll get to that in in R and R in reviews and recommendations. Next up, the only other trailer that we have, Infestation Colon Origins. This comes from <laughs> Nightmare Forge Games. Oh. Uh, doesn't really matter, but they were just one of, I'm sure, many people who jumped on the public domain release of Steamboat Willie, which despite <laughs> Disney's hopes and dreams and bags of money being thrown at the problem, uh, they could not extend the copyright on Steamboat Willie, so it is dropped into public domain. And so now there is a horror first-person shooter game which features a mutilated version of Steamboat Willie. This is always, hang on, wait, 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 wait. Of, of Steamboat, who's Steamboat Willie? This is always confusing to me. It's the first Mickey Mouse cartoon. It's Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse, and it's called Steamboat Willie. Who's yes, Willie? That whistle. Was, do, 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 you know. Yeah, was it, is the big cat who drives the boat? That's or, Willie? Yeah, I don't know, who's Willie? Because there really is a big is the mouse on the boat doing the whistling, and, and sometimes no, you'll see this in Mickey the retro mouse. Disney intros. There's another what? mouse that's not Mickey. No, not Bud. That's Mickey Mouse on the boat who's doing the whistling. Yeah, but they're they're ref- yes, it is Mickey Mouse that is dropped out of it. But they're referring to him as Steamboat Willie. Like they're referring to this iteration of Mickey Mouse yeah. as Steamboat Willie. Yeah, because that is the one that is dropped into public domain. Okay, I know, but uh, I'm talking I'm talking bigger picture here. All right. Okay. I'm talking. I'm not sure what your question is. Uh, my question is. This this cartoon comes out in 1901 or whatever it is. When, when did it come out? In the 20s, right? I don't remember. Okay. Starring Mickey Mouse, this new character that Walt Disney has invented named Mickey Mouse. 1928. Yeah. It's called Steamboat Willie. Yes. The name of the cartoon. Starring Mickey Mouse. Who yeah, so he's in not, God's he's, name is okay. Willie? No, 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 no. So Mickey Mouse is not Steamboat Willie. Mickey Mouse is Mickey Mouse. Yes. He's whistling. The tune that he's whistling is called Steamboat Bill. 
So why isn't it called Steamboat Bill? Because 1920s? I don't know, actually. It's a great question. The name of the song is Steamboat Bill? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't think this is a detail to get hung up on, though. <laughs> of course it is. This is a huge news that Mickey Mouse, but only the version from Steamboat oh, Willie, well, no, has yeah, entered so into public I had domain. To it to, before I said it, but like Bill is is a short na- nickname for William or Willie. Right. Yeah, yes. we know that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. But then, so the name of the song is Steamboat Bill. It just sounds better. Do we know who wrote that song? Is that like an old timey song? Because like Turkey and the, the it's from 1910. Okay, by the vaudeville group the Layton Brothers. Oh, oh wow. Okay, so I had With no idea that by that, Ren Shields. The, the song actually predated the cartoon. That's interesting. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Okay, listen, this is just a mystery that I've always thought of. Of like, why is it called Steamboat Willie? It's not. It's not like the mouse was introduced named Willie and he's on the boat. It's a Steamboat Mickey. Why, why gotcha. are they called Steamboat Mickey? You know what I mean? No, that's just a shorthand in the media to to associate for people that version of Mickey Mouse, uh, right? Who's I, in the picture called Steamboat Willie. No, that I understand. Mm. I, I, I oh, okay. understand that. Okay. Uh, now this isn't the only thing, of course. Like in the last one day since this thing has entered into a public domain, there's also a horror movie that's come out. Did you see that? Mickey's Mouse Trap? Is that the one you're talking about? That's the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And uh, there's uh, someone released a dubstep version of that song. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. And wow. all of the like sounds and music from uh, the cartoon, which is quite good. Of course. Creepy. So that's really good. Um, yeah, I love it. Uh, well, one interesting thing about this is. You know, you said, Bud, like, oh, you know, despite Disney really trying to hang on to Steamboat Willie and Mickey Mouse and everything. What's kind of ironic and fascinating about that is that uh, Disney built their whole thing once they started making feature-length animated movies, the cornerstone of their business. They relied on things that had entered into the public domain, right? So, like, right, Sleeping Beauty. Snow yes. White. These are all classic fairy tales that were in the public domain, and they were able to take those stories for free, use them, and massively profit off of them because they yeah. were in the public domain. Yeah. And so now it's just coming full circle that that is happening with their figurehead, Mickey Mouse himself. Hilarious. Yeah, interesting. So that's it for trailers, but we have a couple of official, new official photos from Avatar The Last Airbender. So we have... Um, Jet, who was uh, the, the cool guy that he eats the grass and he's, he looks like a good guy. He's not really good. Yeah, a couple new people. <laughs> June is also in here somewhere, like the uh, grand, uh, grand Grand um, as well. Yeah, new photos. Still still feeling pretty good about this. Good. Um, I'm surprised that I'm still feeling good about this. Um, I'm, you know, long worried about this. Uh mostly because the creators did drop out uh, early in the process, but it is still looking pretty solid, pretty impressive. So again, got to reserve judgment till it comes out. Next up, we got word from the director of 299 Queen Street West, Sean Menard, that it will be coming to Crave on January 26th. Hey! So good news there. Sporting Crave, but good news there, and uh, I do highly encourage folks to watch this documentary if you have any interest in much music. It was really, really well done.
Well, number one, you're all invited over to my house to uh, to watch it together on uh, January 20th. And also, now, I don't know, but if this was probably, well, it probably wasn't in the release, but uh, you have to assume that this means with all the copyrighted music in it, like it's like the thing will be intact. Here's the thing. It is conspicuously absent. Um you know it, how how that went but i would have to presume because the doc is coming out that all that has been settled mm. one way or another mm-hmm. and good gravy bell is a huge enough company rich enough from firing all those people every year that they should have the money to pay the lawyers did i say that out loud? i'm sorry i was meant to be inside voice. Oh. <laughs> um that they should have had enough money to to pay the the record labels who wanted their uh their due there is a possibility, though, that when you say one way or the other, one way could be that they did just excise all Cut. the music, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. so you've seen this film once already. Do you think that would that be would that do it some real damage and harm, or would it just be, would you be happy to just watch the story even without the music involved? The latter, uh, I, I think it would. You know, the music enhances. The music is great. I after this whole controversy came out i sort of went rewound it through my head and only found one or two places and they were live performances particularly that i figured it would be a bit of a loss to not have the music in there but in a lot of cases i think it's something that you could just remove as background music out of editing uh and or make the clips you know shorter to put them firmly within the the fair use or fair regard guidelines and um so no i don't think for the majority of it, though, even if we had to lose everything that univ- that the record company um, wanted out, sorry, um, that uh, it would be that big of a detraction because the the documentary unto itself, not not the majority of it is about the music; it's about the people. Okay, great. I'll see you all over at my house on the twentieth. Yay, twenty six. Okay, finally, and coming soon, ads coming to Prime Video. I guess this is the non-skippable kind because when you start a thing on Prime Video, there's always a promo for another show and you can skip it. But now they will have ads in Canada starting February 5th. And (laughs) their offer is because you're getting Prime Video when you're paying however much per year for Amazon Prime. Their offer is if you pay us another $3 per month, we'll remove the ads. And you know what, Jeffy? people are not choosing to subscribe to this little video competitor to Disney plus folks have prime video because of the free shipping. This is nothing that people are going to decide to pay for. Good luck. Kind of agree. You don't think though, that it's become valuable in its own right, like any other Mm. streaming service and that people will make that decision based on whether or not they want the content that's available on it. And then whether or not they care about watching a commercial. I suppose it depends on how many ads they're putting into a thing. And if they're Mm. busting it up open in the middle to show ads, I I think that'll have to, we'll have to see how that system works uh, before it's enough to tick people off enough to either stop watching or pay for the ads, but I love watching YouTube. It's got yeah. those damn ads, yeah, though. I, yeah. And you could like, subscribe to that and make those ads go away, but I don't. But we but don't. In this case, though, is Bud talking about like, say, if you're watching an episode of The Boys in the middle of it, you're going to get an ad. Yeah. See, and my guess is it's going to be more like they're doing that in movie length things. 
If they okay. start doing it in in shows, though, yeah, we'll have to see. It's w- without the details, it'll be hard to know what people will think about this. Yeah, I mean, I could tolerate it if there's like if there's a thirty second ad before you start watching. Yes, a thing. Yes, then okay, sure, I'll, I'll just put it on, get myself ready, make my popcorn or whatever. Yeah, you know, and then and then watch it. But if it's like they'll actually start producing these things with commercial breaks, fuck that. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. It'd be interesting to see what they do because I, I think they they'd be happy to just ignore annoy you enough that you shell out the three dollars. Yeah, and again, you like the boys, right? Yeah. So you you might pay for it. I don't think I will. Oh no! Just because every single streaming service is raising their prices, yeah, you got to draw yeah. the line somewhere. I know it's true. What if? What if though? It's like. We brought Jensen Eccles back, and he's in every single episode and every single scene. Mm-hmm. As he should be. <laughs> but there's commercials in the middle. Oh. <laughs> what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? do, do? You do? <laughs> I know. There's a bomb on a bus. Okay. <laughs> I, I think straight from speed. Well said. <laughs> uh yeah, it's interesting, though, because I think people, you know, everyone's so tight for money these days that even if it's just yeah. three extra dollars a month, you know, like I watch uh, SNL every week on the global app and that has commercials on it and they are brutal commercials. Not only are they bad commercials, they're the same like two or three commercials over and over and over. Every single commercial break, oh, you get the same exact ones, that. and they're so brutal to sit through. But if Global you know, reached to me and was like, for $3, we'll make this go away, I'd be like, nah, I'm good. I'm not opening my wallet for that. Now, all, you know, you say this like, oh, God, commercials. I got to sit through commercials. I'm sitting here being like, if all I get to do to save a few extra bucks is sit through commercials, I'm going to sit through those commercials, you know? Yeah, you're not paying the extra money. Though. I, I'm not paying yeah. the extra money. It's the same. I got CBC Gem. I'm trying to rewatch Kim's Convenience, and yes, <laughs> I'm watching a few commercials while I'm doing it. Yeah, but you're not paying for Gem to start with. Gem is a free service. You are paying for Prime to start with. Well, our tax dollars are paying for the CBC. Ah, uh, so. that's true. Oh, that's he's true. right. Fair he's point. right. We are paying for it in a way. Geek news proper. Warner Brothers Discovery and Paramount are in discussions to merge. I have one article about the merger. I then have three articles about how this will be bad. <laughs> oh, really? Like, why? Why? A merging of Paramount Discovery would, uh, of Warner Brothers Discovery and Paramount would be very bad. A Paramount and Warner Brothers Discovery merger is bad news for Star Trek. Warner Brothers Discovery Paramount merger? Wall Street has major doubts about a deal. Uh, analysts say they're having a hard time seeing a transaction happen, comparing it to catching a fallen knife or a falling knife or even a financial death sentence. Uh, and who knows if this is going to be too Weird. big, too monopoly to to happen. And who knows if it's even, you know, happening. How, how Again, because it's like sources tell Axios. Um, so even Axios, which is a reputable... Um, platform they're just getting it from sources and who's to know how real it is but yeah warner brothers and paramount or warner brothers discovery and paramount all on one channel it's it's 
Yeah, it's hard to see the positives in it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Can you give can you give me one positive on that? Why like consolidating all of our big media companies? It's happening. Has happened here in Canada. I don't yeah. think anything good just, has come from that. This, yeah, you just get monopolies. Yeah. So, same thing here. This is the way the world is going. Oh boy, 2024. Mm-hmm. And finally, in Geek News proper, that's a cute little story. Uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins posted on his Instagram where he was at the Shangri-La Hotel in Vancouver, and he found a piano in the empty lobby. And by the way, good gall dang, he is a great piano player. And so there's a story in the Times Colonist that we link to from the show notes that uh, that has this, and it's uh, kind of neat and cute and quaint to watch. Of course he's good at it. Although uh, I was wondering, I, did, I didn't read it though. What is he? What was he doing in Vancouver? Tell me, shooting another movie. He, he does what? One, a, one every ten years now. <laughs> well, here's here's the interesting thing. This was posted on when was this posted? I'm not sure when this would. Hang on a second. Um, but he tags it um, FBF, which is Flashback Friday. So it's entirely possible. Oh, it was posted oh, a week ago. Okay. It's entirely possible this happened six months ago. But you don't want to be necessarily doxing yourself if you're Sir Anthony Hopkins. Uh, you probably post that after you leave. So who knows why he was there? Yeah, could have been a movie. Could have been just on vacation. Vancouver is a fine city to vacation. Who knows? Maybe he was going up to Whistler to, you know, shred some gnar and uh, hit on gals from Whistler. It's something Ryan Reynolds would do, right? That's cool. Or from, uh, from Australia, I meant. Hit on Australian girls who no, are in Whistler. not hit on Australian girls. I mean, like do something like this to promote himself. Kind Anthony of thing. Hopkins would hit yeah. on Whistler girls in, from Australia? No. Australian girls to in promote Whistler. himself? Wait, what's to promote what? himself? Gah. Gah. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds wouldn't. He's married to Blake Lively. No, no, I'm saying he's so smart with his social media and his businesses and stuff like that. This, this seems like a move that he would do. Ryan Reynolds. Right? Yeah. Play piano. Well, <laughs> you know, video himself doing something cool. And sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess mm. so, yeah. And then Anthony Hopkins, uh, he's like, when he joined TikTok... You'd sometimes see him on like your really? your feed, and he's just doing the most random shit ever. Really? Yeah. yeah, he's hilarious on social yeah. media. Oh, neat. That's true. Yeah, yeah. One, no, eighty-seven pieces of listener mailbag. They're all from Zoner You, and I. Uh, it's it's the beginning of the year. And yeah, it's it's rollover time, right? So with me, I've got a bunch of directories on my hard drives that I take all of the active stuff from 2023 and I put it in a folder called 2023 and then I make a new folder called 2024. And mm-hmm. I was doing that. And one of the things I did today was recreate all the folders for my email. I have my 2024 emails now with emails for the queue and the zone and a bunch of subfolders of station stuff. And as I'm dragging the old stuff into the archive folder, I notice... In my email, in my corporate radio station email, a folder I've never seen before called junk email. Now, we already have a spam catcher. Yeah. We we have a thing called mail protector, which sends us, on average, 700 emails a day saying, oh, there's a new piece of spam. You better check it. And, and, and for every hour you don't check it, they send you another freaking email. Yeah. So we already have this service. Awful. Yeah, yeah. But then I found this other folder with mail in it dating back to 2017 yeah i had no idea was there and inside 87 emails from zoner ewan no i was gonna ask you bud i was like zoner ewan sends us a lot of emails and they're all pretty good they are all pretty good i've read through about 40 of them oh my (laughs) god and here's the thing i have only seen these 
Paul, when you reply to him, or uh, Brian, when you reply to him, and I'm just like, huh, I must have maybe accidentally deleted this out of mail protector. No, I haven't. I'm good with my mail protector. I'm good with, I arrange things. So, Zoner, you and I am very, very sorry, and I will start to get back to your emails presently. Oh, you will? Oh, good, 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 good. And you'll include them on this cue sheet, I hope. Yeah, oh, sure, absolutely. They may be eight months old, but if there's the, the notable <laughs> stuff I will bring to this cue sheet, yes, God dang it, Zoner, you and I am that so sorry. That is perseverance right there. What, that he kept reading yeah. emails even though Bud was ignoring them? Yeah, if, if, <laughs> if I was sending emails to someone and they didn't, you know, get the first whatever 40, I probably mm-hmm. would stop writing them. So, damn. Yeah, well, Paul does reply to some. I reply, I guess yeah. he's getting Yeah, them. I mean, yeah. I, I also, I get some emails um, that aren't necessarily addressed to the pod. They're just, like, to me, and then some of them are Marvel questions. And some of them, I mean, like... Obviously, we get a, we all get a lot of emails on a daily basis. Oh, yeah, sure. But like, so some of them, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll just take the time to like reply here while we're recording because one, it's it's almost the easiest for us to do it that way. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, yeah, I really appreciate those. Even just it just I appreciate being in somebody's thoughts in that sense to be like if they have like this kind of like stream of consciousness about nerd stuff yeah like let's ask the let's ask the geek pod yeah i know who we can talk to i love that yeah it's gonna be the thing is that's sorry sorry but that's gonna be the biggest change when you get into government when you get an email you're gonna be like fuck (laughs) (laughs) really i don't know though do you like i'm trying to think about what's the amount of emails, the quantity of email that you get on a daily basis or that you, you would get as a government employee on a daily basis versus the amount of emails that I get on a daily basis, you know, oh. for people trying to pitch, you know, music. Oh, yeah. you probably get more. Brian might get a lot now. Yeah. Yeah. Plus number. But the emails that you get in government are asking you to do something. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. it'll, it's like work. It's added work. That's why you say, fuck. Uh, that one, you know, you can ponder. Have a little fun with it. So <laughs> anyway, sorry to derail there. No, no, not but, at all. The, like, so technically, getting an email from a listener is work. You Sometimes it's very little. Sometimes it's uh, extensive. But what's the point of being in here? What's the point of being inside your radio if we're not able to interact with you and try and help you with these problems? It'd be pretty silly to have an email address, to have an even even have a way to get in touch with us. No, I find, I, I feel these are very important to get back to. A, if, if you're solving uh, an issue that someone's having, like I get all the technical geek emails and whatnot, and I do my best to go through every single one of those. And now there's a team of us. There's up to four people who could answer these, but they all have to get answered because somebody is asking the question. It's almost more important when it's something out of passion, like this geeky stuff. Which is why I feel extra bad about these 87 emails, but I'll get to them. And it comes from a creative space. I think in government, it's someone passing work to you. That's oh, that's what, what most jobs are. If you have a job, <laughs> an email comes in, you're just you're mad about it. I, I understand that for sure. Um, Meetings and emails. Yeah. Yeah. Again, Brian's not gonna be like that. <laughs> You've given it up. Like, I get an Saber. email. I'm just like, ah, oh, cute. And sometimes I read it. Sometimes I don't. It doesn't oh matter. My God. Oh. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> but hey, who's the one getting back to you? And 
This me. This yeah, me right whatever. here. Ironically. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Ironic is the right word. But, but why don't you go ahead and say properly, what is the email uh, that people should email into us if they would like to be ignored for a year? <laughs> Geek out at the zone.fm. Great. And do. And do. And you, again, you Please, and does yeah. send us really good stuff. It's contributing to the pod. That's what I always find it so strange that you ignore it, bud, because, again, like this, this good <laughs> pod content that you could be bringing to here that you and just, you know, just handing to us on a silver platter. And you're, you just, the whole platter is in the garbage for you. No, oh, well. That's not, that's not how that's going. Okay. We're on reviews and recommendations, starting with, oh, it's me, um, Asteroid City. So, have this uh, tradition, this New Year's tradition, New Year's Eve tradition in the house. Um, it's Kate's tradition. Kate brings her bestie over, and they, uh, New Year's uh, charcuterie board, Who's hang out, <laughs> celebrate uh, Eastern time, <laughs> Eastern time New Year's, clink the glasses at 9 p.m., everybody goes home. But while we're here, why we do you generally... hang out? Whoa, 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 hang out. Why do okay, you do okay. that? Why do you do 9 p.m.? Why can't you stay up till midnight? I mean, I did stay up till midnight, but it's just like, you know, we're older. Bud's on so Eastern it's just time. like, yeah. what, like, How yeah, old are you not, it, no, it doesn't, it, celebrating the new year doesn't need to be a slog till midnight Pacific time. The opportunity is there. We'll celebrate with the children who are told that it's midnight and they watch the Eastern time feeds mm-hmm. and then they go to bed at nine and they do, think they've been up till midnight. Do it's you watch, uh, do you watch like the New York thing, the ball dropping in that? Uh, no, because normally we're just finishing up a movie by that time, and that's that's what I wanted to talk about here. Oh, 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 oh! And then how do you, well? How do you do the count? That's the best part of being at home. I feel like is having that ball drop thing on the TV. Oh, sometimes we have D- this. This year we didn't though. Uh huh. And did you have picky bits? Oh, so many picky bits. Yeah, absolutely. It was amazing. Yeah, like um, Kate's bestie brought uh, a brie and um, yeah. some some drinkies, and we had some stuff and put it together in this big board. It was, oh, it was delicious. It was not unlike your picky bits, uh, Paul, which looked amazing. Yeah. So by another word, so, charcuterie. So, but oh. anyways... Um, <laughs> Picky bits with charcuterie? That's what you're going for? Yeah, yeah. So okay. maybe you missed this, but last year Bud brought this term to us because he described the same kind of thing around New Year's. It's picky bits. And yeah, they, they make a charcuterie right, with a bunch of gabagool and cheese and crackers and whatnot. But Bud, instead of calling it charcuterie like an adult, <laughs> calls it picky bits. Picky bits. Bits you pick at. Beautiful. Coin that. Delicious. Yes. yes and I was so cute. surprised, honestly, because both Paul and I posted photos of our charcuterie boards on our respective Instagram. Instagram stories and he just replies no emotion in or, or tone in his in his text all he just replies with the words picky bits yeah picky bits <laughs> love because i love the term Thank so you, good Paul. asteroid uh, city yes yeah so anyways uh, last year we watched everything everywhere all at once but just because of timing but we generally watch a wes anderson movie and this year it was asteroid city which came out this year hadn't had a chance to see it has anybody else seen it yeah Paul. yeah i saw it in theaters yeah oh great yep um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, good. Um, what was the last, the French, the French connection, the French dispatch, right? Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Was that the newspaper one? Yeah. Yeah. So we watched that in the theater and it was, yeah, we, we liked Asteroid City better. The, mm-hmm. the, the plot of this, the, the amazing sets and obviously the crazy star power and just the weird Wes Anderson direction of it all was it was a it was a perfect Wes Anderson vehicle really enjoyed it um Brian Cranston as the narrator 
in the thing. Absolute masterstroke. Uh, but my probably my favorite part of the movie was in one scene where Brian Cranston, who is always in black and white because he's narrating the play that the color version of the movie is sort of fleshed out from. So Brian Cranston is always in black and white, but he shows up one time in a scene just standing there. And he's not sure if he's supposed to be in there. He's like the camera just keeps panning over and suddenly there's Brian Cranston. And he's like, I'm not supposed to be here. And then he leaves. And it's just like, what a beautiful fourth wall break. I love that. But the movie was, yeah, lovely Wes Anderson uh, film. And afterwards, we watched a little bit about the miniatures and uh, that mm. they used in there because that little Roadrunner, that's not CG. That is two people with puppeting puppeteering uh sticks yeah um it was it was a very enjoyable whimsical movie i want to see it again please go watch it yeah yeah good i'm, I'm really glad you liked it i thought i'm you know i think my review at the time even was uh wes anderson is wes anderson and he's gonna be wes anderson but uh with a little bit of hindsight Accurate. like i don't remember a lot about the movie and i think that's one thing about his movies is that they're so visually striking and they're, they're so, so dense so much, yeah, and, and and there's a new cameo or just like another colossal actor doing something very oh interesting God, and delivering this like wild dialogue like every single second of the movie that it's like it all kind of just washes over you in such a um, quick way. But it also is like I find his stuff is not that memorable, really. Yeah, um, I watched The French Dispatch afterwards and was surprised at how much I really hadn't caught the first time. Yeah. Um, but thinking about The French Dispatch compared to uh, Asteroid City, I know there's so much I missed about Asteroid City. Like, oh, it's sure. Just, yeah. So much went on. I'm going to enjoy that second watch. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing for me is I probably need a second watch, but there wasn't anything that I loved about it that is going to bring me back for a second watch. That's fair. Right. Fair. I, I, I'm, I'm just kind of enjoying the style as it happening. Cause these movies are all style. And, yeah. and then I'm like, all right, well, good enough. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's fine. You can just go away. You know? So, but, but it is, it is a good, cute movie. And I, I'll say this. I think asteroid city is probably the most interesting, best and best looking, uh, movie that he's probably done in a long time. Um, I think it's probably one of my favorites. Of his. Nice. Yeah. So, oh, good. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Nice. Thank you. Brian, please tell us about What If. What If Season 2 dropped on December 22nd. And the thing I loved about it and the thing my kids loved about it was that they decided to drop a new episode every day. So, December 22nd, 23rd, a new one dropped, 24th, a new one dropped, and, and so on and so forth, all the way up until, I believe, the 30th. Um... <laughs> there were some better than others. Um, but the thing I always like about What If is that you already have these established characters, so you know these people, and then it's just about putting them in different situations. Yeah. They're they're the same characters, but from a different universe. They're sort of variants of the MCU characters that we've grown to know and love. But because they are the same characters, they have the same personality traits and stuff, and it's, it's just asking the question, what would they do if they were put in a different situation. So um, one of them, which was, I believe it seems very much like an episode that was unfinished from last season, but they just put it, let's just put it in season two anyway, was what if Iron Man flew through the portal with the nuke, right? He flew through that wormhole with the nuke mm -hmm. and then blew up the Chitauri ship. And in the MCU in Avengers one, he makes it back in time before the portal closes. Yeah. What if, 
this one, this episode was what if he didn't and where would he have gone and what would he have done? Yeah. And that's that cool. Was a great episode. Yeah. Such a great episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, there, you know, there are other episodes as well. And because you see in that one, too, it's like it 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 plays towards Tony Stark's um, is RDJ ability back? to create. You know, no, he's back. he's what's that? RDJ back. No. Was he ever there? No, no, like his voice. Do they have the voice for? Oh no, 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 it's it's the guy that it's the RDJ yeah. um, sound, sound alike, alike. Sound kind alike. Of thing. Um, but it's yeah, it plays to um, Tony Stark's uh, ingenuity, right? And he's just like he's kind of in the face of something, but he he has he he's he gets out of it because he's such like he's yeah he's because of his ingenuity. Um, there are funny episodes so like the the episode that dropped on the 24th was basically like a diehard episode but uh instead of bruce willis you get happy hogan which mm-hmm. is hilarious and diehard basically diehard in avengers tower that's <laughs> yeah, awesome right, yeah. that is I awesome that's cool. yeah. oh i can't wait to see that one <laughs> and it's john favreau's obviously the voice and then um uh what's the girl's name darcy lewis Two Broke Girls. Mm-hmm. What's her name? Mm-hmm. Just yeah. got married to Andrew WK. Oh, okay. Cat Dennings. Cat Dennings. Cat Dennings. Hilarious. I, I love... Actually, I really, really love Cat Dennings. I'm, I'm starting to like Cat Dennings more as a cartoon voice in What If than even in any of her other MCU She's <laughs> like a cartoon. She's got good comedic timing. She's so great. Yeah. 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 Great comedic, comedic timing. timing. Absolutely. She's got a great voice. Yeah, she's great for voicing things. She's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, I like her MCU characters as well. But like, the, yeah, in in the, in all of her appearances in uh, What If, I've, she was always stolen the episode for me. Um, and then you get one episode that is a completely new character, not like not, not a character from the comics, uh, not a character from the MCU. Um, she's the first uh, Mohawk superhero. Um, cool. And the entire episode, pretty much, it's subtitled and in Mohawk. Oh, wow. that's wicked. Yeah, that is good. Um, and it basically goes in, and this is a, it, it becomes a what if storyline because it's it's more of a what if um, Ragnarok happened uh, before Thor was born. And like, what if Surtur, um destroyed uh, Asgard and uh, Odin had the not the time stone but the tesseract and the tesseract fell in pieces towards earth basically oh wow <laughs> okay and in that time it was like a time where sort of uh you know yeah the mohawk people they they uh owned like it was the it was on their land that the tesseract um landed and because it landed in pieces and because it landed in this lake or did it land in pe- or, yeah it, it landed all in this lake and created this kind of portal to this sort of world where they ended up getting powers from the Tesseract. Oh. Um, she, this is her origin story, basically. Good twist. Um, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a very cool kind of origin story. And then um, kind of cool. It, it's funny though. Cause like, because it was all in subtitles and I was reading a lot and I had just come back from doing the morning show. I, I, it took me a while to watch cause I kept falling asleep because I of could all see the that. reading that I was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could see that. Um, <laughs> but it was really well done. I thought it was really cool. Um, I think that one, that, I don't know if that one was my favorite episode, but it was definitely one of the most intriguing ones. I think my favorite one was the uh, first one, 
the first episode was uh, what if uh, Nebula joined the Nova Corps? And it was like, she's, it's like a film noir cop drama they nice. turned it to. <laughs> okay. And she's just this cop, this kind of like on the edge cop on Xandar. And she was sort of narrating her own story kind of thing. I thought it was really good. And it was the person that plays Karen Gillan. Karen Gillan. That's oh, awesome. Uh, Yay. And then there were other times too where like, the voicing really stood out to me. Like I thought um, Lake Bell was back doing um, uh, Scarlett Johansson or doing the Black Widow role. Right. But in this one, she I actually had to look it up because at first I was like, holy shit, did they bring back Scarlett Johansson to voice oh, this? Because well. it sounded so much like her. Like, Lake Bell did such a great job, even if just, like, a Scarlett Johansson-esque Black Widow impression. Um, so that was cool. And well, wait, who did it turn out to be? It was Lake Bell. Was oh, okay, Bell. okay. Yeah. Just just some somehow better. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, so, I mean, overall, it was great. It, they, they did have a thing that does, you know, because like, just like in season one, it sort of ramps up to have all these things kind of tie into sort of like an Avengers, a multiverse Avengers kind of thing. Like they did they, in the last episode of the last season of the first season, they called it like the Guardians of the Multiverse. Yeah, there was a threat right. there. That's right. right. Yeah. And so they did do a thing like that. I thought that maybe that episode was... While it was okay, and a lot of it centered around um, Agent Carter, or or not Agent Carter, um, Captain Carter, mm-hmm. and Kahuri, who is this new Mohawk yeah. superhero, um, I thought it was a little over the top. Um, but uh, but yeah, but it was okay. Oh, you know what? Actually, one of my other favorite episodes was this episode that starred Kate Blanchett back as Hela. Nice. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And it wow. was it was a kind of it's it's funny because it takes that character of Hela and sort of flips it and almost kind of gets you gets it in your mind to like sort of re- gives her redeeming qualities. Oh my god, what if Hela found the 10 rings? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wait, Galadriel like, found the wait. 10 rings? <laughs> I can't wait to <laughs> yeah. get into these. These are amazing. So that one was a a very interesting episode as well because it deals with sort of uh, stuff that happened in, you know, Thor Ragnarok and stuff that happens in Shang-Chi, you know, and I, I so I thought that was that was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I, I just I love these concepts and I'm glad they're doing a third season because, yeah, these are characters that over the past however many years that we've been watching them in movies and, and now TV shows, you get to see them in different situations, but they still remain true to the character. Right. That, that's the thing that I find is that the thing they they do really well is they don't lose the character right so you actually get to see um uh, what they would do in certain situations that are different from what you've already seen yeah like what makes them a hero it it still comes down to that you know even exactly. though all the yeah. situations are different but the decisions in the end are usually the same it's yeah. cuz there are times when you see those kind of things and you can tell that the writer didn't have something posted up on their wall reminding them that this is the core thing that makes this character oh, this character sure. right? yeah um whereas even if you're seeing say like hella in a, a a little bit more decent light uh she's still hella she's still her, she still has the defining traits of her character 
So which makes it that much more interesting that you would start to see her in a bit of a redeeming light, right? So that was my biggest issue with Zack Snyder's Snyderverse. What's I, that? He mm-hmm. needed that when he was writing, when he was like putting his characters together, like this is what makes this person Superman or this is what makes mm-hmm. that person. But he just, yep. he failed on those. Mm-hmm. Um, because so, he, it yeah. seemed like he was just trying to build a, a universe more yeah. so than build a character. I think you know? so. Yeah, and outdo Marvel with the action mm-hmm. and the, everything else, yeah. Well, we're still on Marvel, and this is a little bit of a detour, but this is also comes back to what you guys were talking about last week with mm. uh, where does Marvel go in its cinematic universe now with um, what went down with the Kang there. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, I just want to quickly go around the board here and ask you guys, who do you think is the most interesting character in Marvel right now? I think it's pretty mm. clear who it is, and mm. I think that's where they should go with it. Oh, really? So I just want to know, quickly, who do you guys think? <sighs> Off the top of your head. God, that's a kind of a tough question for me. Do you have an answer? In Marvel, like, in, as in the, in the, the MCU? In the, like the yeah, in the cinematic universe. Like, watched current already? phase? Yeah. Just just in general, who of all the heroes that are left in Avengers now? Well, it's an obvious answer, left. but, Active like, heroes, then. Spider-Man. Yeah. Just stick with okay. Spider-Man. Keep making Spider-Man movies. And, and you know, like we talked about, and like they clearly uh, set up at the end of No Way Home, to get that classic street-level you know, spandex costume Spider-Man. I would argue that those stories have been written already, a lot of them. So the where I was going with it okay. was I think it's clearly the Scarlet Witch is the most interesting character. Oh, uh, really? In Marvel right now. Okay. You don't think she's had her time with the Multiverse of Madness? Um, no, but I think, I, I think and, her origins. And WandaVision too? I think her origins are also very interesting. The fact that she's a mutant and that's where you can go with that. I okay. think that oh, is true. an obvious, yeah. that's an obvious turn for Marvel to make right now. And that's where I would go with it. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree in that. I don't think her story is done, even though we've seen her in WandaVision, even though we've seen what her, you know, ultimate fate in the multi, in the multiverse of madness. I don't think Wanda's story is complete. Well, and I would love that because I Elizabeth Olsen crushes that character. Oh yeah, I think she but can are, be is a that, big are you asking that question because you're thinking about like a Kang replacement or you, yeah, or just that? like someone in the thread that could become the big, the big evil, you know, or the big. You know, well, that's thing the thing with Wanda against. is that I don't think they. I think her arc now is going to be a redemption arc. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think you can weave that into her being the biggest threat the the new Avengers can face as well. I think there's something interesting she there. Could, but she was already a threat. She was already a big biggest threat in a smaller movie in the Doctor Strange movie. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, okay. But I, I think for me, she's. I still think she's the most interesting character, and I would love to see more stories around her. So that's 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 the obvious turn for me. Mm-hmm. That's, a, yeah, that's fair. Brian, do you have an answer for this? As far as the most interesting, yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It, it, this is kind of this is a, definitely a tough one. And I think that's what the writers should be thinking in their room right now. Like, who is the well, most interesting Well, and they've already character. had, and we yeah. didn't have this on the cue sheet, and that, uh, maybe we should, I should have put this in the Slack, but, like, they did, Marvel came out and said, oh, the, the villain in in Secret Wars is going to be the Beyonder, mm-hmm. which we already kind of knew, mm-hmm, and we mm-hmm. just thought, oh, I think they said it before, and we thought, oh, the Beyonder's just, then he's going to be a variant of Kang. But I think now they're, 
it's still going to be the Beyonder, but it's going to be different. It's not going to be a Kang variant anymore. Hmm. Um, so they still have, I, it seems like they still have plans to uh, build towards a multiverse thing and like Secret Wars and stuff. But obviously taking the Kang the Conqueror out of it or maybe that element like it i think it's funny because i was listening to this in another podcast too because and they're talking about well kang has all these variants so can't they just take take it and be like oh this is kang but just a different variant of kang. yeah, and he yeah. Just kevin hart <laughs> it's, it's kevin hart as kang would be fucking hilarious. um can't get in the water with a backpack uh, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> um, but I think they, there was speculation from this other podcast I was listening to is talking about this is that it could very well stand to reason that um, Jonathan Majors like the people that were working with Jonathan Majors when they signed this deal with Marvel because they knew you're dealing with multiverse and you're dealing with multiple versions of a character they probably put into like some sort of a, a clause in a contract saying you can't recast me I have to play all these versions of this character. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, maybe um, just another reason. So maybe to that's kind it. of the, the the reason why they're trying to like they're spinning their wheels, figuring out instead of just simply recasting, mm-hmm. figuring their uh, spinning their wheels, figuring out okay, well, how are we going to move forward with this now that we don't have a Kang? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would love to. I mean, like those contracts would be so fascinating. Like, what's in there? What kind of a clauses? I mean, who knows? Maybe Jonathan Majors had a morality clause baked in, and that yeah. you know those protections are gone because of this. Like, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah fascinating. But who do you well, want to spend more time with in the MCU going forward? Yeah. Um, I still think there's more potential in Spider-Man myself. Oh, yeah. Really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You guys don't think there's been a million Spider-Man stories out there? Yeah, there has, but Tom Holland's my favorite, and I still, you know, yeah. you can you can build the biggest multiverse and quantum verse and all these things all you want around all these other characters. I don't give a care about them. You just want more Zendaya. That's I, what you want. Of course I do. Of course I, I do. But that kid is so endearing. He has such a yeah. every every kid sort of. I'm, I'm sure he's 30 now, but he's just had sort of this every kid sort of uh, place that he comes from. And he mm-hmm. just he just delivers it so realistically. And now that his story is fully reset, I mean, we could have some small adventures with him. Well, that's a, that's a good that's a really good point is that that could be the focus is to take like a three, four year break from multiverse stuff. Yeah, please. And build up the street level um, crime and for street level heroes like uh, Spider Man mm. fighting Kingpin, teaming up with yeah Daredevil, Daredevilish all stuff, those yeah, kind of things. Yeah, right? like that could be a good idea to like j- until you're trying to figure out what the fuck to do with this Kang stuff. Maybe yeah. you're right, and that, that's maybe the biggest thing that the Marvel Cinematic needs, right? Uh, a break, just a break, yeah. right? I well, that's re- what we're gonna get next year, like obviously, or this year, like obviously, we're still gonna get. Um, shows coming out on disney plus and stuff but as far as movies we're only looking forward to deadpool this year yeah uh, if mm. you're for marvel fans yeah. well. Yeah. well art why don't you please tell us about reacher season two and let me know if there's gonna be any spoilers for season one because i'm not finished uh, yeah i just i think i just want to have a conversation with you about this 
but me. Yeah, because okay, yeah. you are watching season one right now. I think I'm in episode five of, oh, it's only eight. Oh boy, that's kind of sad. So Jack Reacher, I think people know Jack Reacher. Tom Cruise played Jack Reacher in the movie that yeah. came out. Major motion picture film that was panned, I think, by a lot of fans. Because I watched it. It was, uh, was it? They did two of them, though. Did they do two they of them? They must have done well, yeah. Maybe they did well. But I think a lot of people were like, oh, he doesn't fit the role of a big brooding Jack Reacher, which Alan Richson does. Oh, my God. My this goodness. man is made for that role. <laughs> uh, did you guys ever watch Blue Mountain State? <laughs> no. What? Oh, it, was this, it was this quirky, raunchy, teenage... Uh, it was funny. It was a funny show. Anyway, he is in that, and he's he plays this character named Thad Castle, and who is just larger than life, hilarious. And when you watch it, you're just like, "Wow, this guy could be a star." Uh, you know, he's almost he's like the stiffler kind of of that show. And uh, so I'm happy that he has gotten his big break here. And here it is on Amazon Prime. It's the big show. Everybody's watching it. Everybody's talking about it. Uh, I thought the first season was good and i, I want to know why you like it though bud like why do you like why do you like jack reacher why do you like i show? like his smart analytical side beside you know that sort of betrays the giant hulk of a man that he is yes obviously he could crush your skull with his left pinky but this guy has gone through so much military training and you know in the field experience and you know, knows law and multiple languages. Like he's just, he's a, a an admirably impossible character that I kind of, you know, he's so stoic and he just knows things and he has standards about how to, you know, organize the, you know, he's just, he's a little bit OCD maybe. I don't know. He's just, it's a whole bunch of things wrapped into this giant package. He's a huge, huge man. Um, and I just really love his deadpan delivery of everything. I just find I, it is this guy. It is because of the actor, um, Alan Richson, that I love this show. Okay. I like I didn't love it. So the I think the show but I understand him. I understand what you're saying about him, and I do like the character that he portrays. But to me it's a little too cliche. It's like it invokes the you know, because he's ex military. I don't know, like Americans love watching these shows, you know, about you know, the he has this army background that people really respect and like. And then he is this hero who is taking down the man, so to speak, you know, these government conspiracy organizations. And I've, I feel like I've seen this so many times. And this is it's almost like easy viewing watching a mm. little bit. Mm. That's when I I think because it is I think I think that's exactly why it is an easy view watch for me. Like. The trailer for season two came out and I'm like, oh, this was a show? I had no idea. And okay. so I watched the trailer for season one. I'm like, oh, that's kind of an interesting show. Okay. And yes, when I watch it, I can be fairly unplugged. I'm not permeating the show. Yeah. I'm actually watching the show. But it is not a huge intellectual load on me to try and decipher what's going on plot-wise. So I do find it a pretty easy watch that way. The plot is just, you got to do this to get to that so he can kick some ass here and then he kicks some ass there. It's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's like clockwork every mm. single episode. And I'm just like... It's a fetch quest with yeah. ass kicking. 
Okay. So I, anyways, I was just curious to see why you love the show so much. Cause I watch yeah. it and I'm just like, I've seen this quite a bit. Um, yeah. and I, I would like it more if it was like flipped, turned on its head. Like what if he was the bad guy? What if he was doing the no country for old men thing? I, fi- mm. I would find that more interesting than our hero just killing everybody left and right and just moving to the next scene where he kills a bunch of people. So yeah. Anyway, season two is a lot of what you've seen in season one. So if you enjoy that, cool. you're going to get a lot more of that in, in season two. And I and says now, Art very frustrated. Now you're asking me like, why are you watching it then, Art? I'm just and I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> it seems it's an easy enough watch though, so that's probably. Why. I think that's what it is. It's almost like those you know cop shows on television. You know what's going to happen every time. But you're yeah. still into it somehow. Yeah. And they get high ratings. And just like this show is getting high ratings. So. Is it? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Is I it th- popular? I think it's, I think it's you know, the most popular show on Amazon Prime right wow. now. There's, wow. It's certainly the most promoted right now. It's certainly the most promoted. Yeah. Saturday, December 23rd, 7 o'clock sharp. I get a message in the podcast channel of our GeekPod Slack, which we keep. It is three words. Bud, comma. Watch Looper. No context, nothing else, just this message from Art, and I'm like, uh, okay. (laughs) I knew nothing about this movie. It's a Ryan Johnson. It came out in 2012, and it stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis and Emily Blunt. Paul Dano's in it. And it opens, it's, it's, it's early sunrise in a cornfield. And J- Joe, that's uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, uh, he's sitting there learning French on his ear earbuds. He checks his pocket watch. He takes, he puts his earbuds away. He holds up. I'm, I wasn't sure what it was. He's in this cleared out cornfield and there's a tarp. A man appears. There's no special effects or anything. It's just like they did a cut. He just appears gagged tight hands behind his back on his knees in the middle of this tarp boom it's a gun that he was holding Mm. he's dead Mm. turns the guy over runs a knife over his jacket bunch of silver bars come out and then he throws the body into an incinerator and that was my opening to looper and i'm like you son of a buck I'm in. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, in my defense also, I wasn't the only one that like said this movie was made for Bud. Go watch it. I, really? I, I yeah. feel like you did, Paul. Brian, maybe it was cursed. I liked it. Yeah, I thought, I, I remember seeing it in theater. I thought it was okay. Ryan Johnson and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's better than yeah, okay. I thought it was okay as well. Yeah, it's okay. I, okay. I quite enjoyed this. And maybe this is me impressing easy, but I don't know. I mean, this is a good cast. It was a neat story. Yes. And there were two, like, total shifts of the plot the first time where they go to Emily Blunt's character. And I'm like, what is happening here? And the second is a, is a huge plot um, reveal revolving a character called the Rainmaker. And when that was revealed, my mind just went... Um, so I did quite enjoy Looper. Would recommendation. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to me. Nobody listens to me like that. Right? So that's <laughs> like that's like the best Christmas gift I could ever get. Oh, jeez. Someone it, actually man. listening to me and <laughs> oh, going please. and watching it. Seriously. It was just oh, we such do it a, all the time. It was just such a pointed 
message bud watch looper i'm like mm. there's got to be a reason for this i think it was because and the you reason watching- was it feels like it's made for me this movie yeah what what was the reason i think the reason was he had rattled off a bunch of things that he'd watched from the past from a long time i was like bud how have you not watched looper we've had yeah, this conversation before and you were rattling all these things at you i'm like don't watch that. Watch Looper. What inspired you to reach out to Bud to tell him that? No, he had written, a, I think, in the Slack that he was watching a bunch of things, this, uh-huh. this, and that. And I'm like, Bud, watch Looper. Oh, okay. Watch. Lo- oh, it was the first thing that came to my mind. Is that so. he should watch Looper. Yeah. Okay. So the fact Art is my algorithm. It's great. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much. God, that, no, that makes my day. thank you. I appreciate the reco. I didn't think you were actually going to go watch it. So that's why I'm just <laughs> You know what? I had to finish Rebel Moon first because I was halfway through that. Yeah. Let's talk about Rebel Moon because I think everybody here watched it. Is that correct? It's correct. Yeah. I watched it. I watched a bunch of it. <laughs> this, this is the Zack Snyder part one of two, may I add, yeah. um, movie film thing. And so the first one was called A Child of Fire. The next one that is coming out uh, is called, uh, wait a minute. The Scar- yeah, The Scar Giver. That'll be April 19th. So it is a long, long movie mm-hmm. by Zack Snyder. And it is basically the Star Wars, I think, that he always wanted to make with different names and people and things. Well, let's just say, yeah, there's part two coming. But I read that Zack Snyder has, he's he's been hanging on to this for quite a while, this idea. And he wants to make it into a huge IP. He wants... Trilogies on trilogies on video I'm sure games. He does. On, yeah, 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 yeah. He, we all want money, Zack Snyder. Yeah, yeah. He has in his mind a vision that this is the as big as Star Wars. Hmm. This was a seven-part fetch quest. Hmm. Yeah, the, the, it was. It was go to location, get character. Sorry, go to location, have fight, get character, rinse and repeat. Um, oh, I but found all be, like in all of those rinse and repeat sequences. How many fucking slow motion punches? Oh, oh my god, so many slow motion punches! Zack Snyder has not let go of his slow mo. Yeah, and I like slow mo punches because that's how they fight in Letterkenny. <laughs> so that's what I'm thinking. Hey, I want to add that to the Kyushu, by the way. I watched the final season of Letterkenny, but um, yeah, I. I don't know. Okay, let's break this thing down here. Number one, derivative. Who cares? I don't care if you wrote this originally as a Star Wars. It's not Star Wars no more. So you can't just change a couple of names and change a couple of ships design and then just do Seven Samurai, but with Star Wars, but with different... Ding, 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 ding. So derivative. It's so... We've seen this so many times. (laughs) I like... I want new things. It's great. That's why I was excited. That's the only reason I push play on this thing. Mm -hmm. Is number one, that I know you guys had watched it and I wanted to chime in with you. But number two, I you know, I like sci-fi. Yeah, I like doing it. (laughs) Right? Oh, God. I want to watch those big, heady sci-fi things that aren't Star Wars for once. And so I was excited about what, what do you got for me here, Zack Snyder? And number one, derivative. And number two, to the point where I kept trying to be like, okay, so who would that be in Star Wars? Oh, that's just the worst. Mm. Yeah, yeah. If this was a Star Wars, as was maybe originally planned, who who would this be? 
Would that be a Jedi? Yeah, I guess so. Would that, is that kind of your Obi-Wan? Right, okay. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't yeah. know if these were all original characters that were supposed to be new Star Wars characters or if he had written ones for existing. Well, who knows? But, but when I can't stop thinking about how this was just a, a Star Wars that's grafted onto a different thing, yeah, that's not a good sign. No. Derivative. And then number two... With these characters, who cares about any of them? I didn't fall in love with a single character. In fact, for a lot of them, I was just like, casting wasn't great, and I actively disliked this person. That's that's my biggest issue with Zack Snyder, and that's the only thing I'll say here because I I, I hate that I keep railing on Zack because all sense and purposes, he seems like a really nice guy. Sure. <laughs> uh, but in his art and his stories, yeah. he has this way of – Telling you that you should love this person. Yeah. And this person is so great. All the great storytellers ever in the history of cinema and the history of storytelling, they let you decide that yourself. Yep. This guy wants to shove it in your face every single time that this person should be the hero, is the hero. And it just... (laughs) kills me I, like you, he didn't have to do it with his superman batman whatever verse there yeah. we love those characters already yet he still made us like take note of why his character is so great or why you should love his character and it's just nauseating and with without good characterization though yes i, that, I didn't yes. like superman i didn't like you know what i mean like he did very little to make him a likable character for me to enjoy he just was like superman okay you like love him. him you love, you love him. him yeah look he's powerful love he's, him. he's scowly everyone on his movies are all so scowly all so dire i understand that you're up against these big odds and it's you know it's like there's a lot riding on you and stressful and everything. Guess what? There was a lot riding on Luke Skywalker too when he blew up the Death Star. But I liked him a lot because yeah. I spent the whole movie getting to know him and he was a likable character. And zero of that existed in this Rebel Moon movie. Mm-hmm. So what else is there in this movie? There isn't anything. Like because the, the visuals yeah. are okay. Visuals are I fine. Guess. Yeah. 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 A lot of slow mo punching. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Derivative. The trailer for this looked great. I really want it to be good. I impress easy. This did not impress me. Nope. I liked at the beginning when uh, the farming community was very sex positive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I like oh, that. Oh, that's a lot. right too. Yeah. I, yeah. I turned to the person I'm currently watching this movie with and I said, uh, huh. Sex positive culture. That's nice. Because yeah. there's a scene where the guy, the head guy is like, go and everyone make love tonight. Everyone fuck. Yeah. So that our plants will grow yes. for the harvest. That, yeah. I was like, oh, what a bunch of nice gods. They want you to get it on. They'll grant you yeah. a good harvest if you make good whoopee. Yeah. That's nice. And then I lost interest in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. Well, Paul, tell us about season 12, the final Season. Are we done with Rebel Moon? Come on, we all watched. We all sat through this thing for three hours just to say. Yeah, we're done with Rebel Moon. There's nothing more (laughs) to say about this thing. Honestly, that that's exactly my assessment. Is just like stuff that I've seen before in Star Wars and other films and other even like fucking westerns and and all sorts of different stories. It's kind of the same thing. It uh, and then you know and you add into it slow motion action scenes action scenes that even it's funny because Zack Snyder is like I don't know if it's just like an editing default that he has or like a preset or whatever but it's just like (laughs) 
<laughs> first, first split second of fast motion going to punch and then get into the slow mo. Yeah. Same thing with like, yeah. you know, gunshots. <laughs> You're swinging your gun around and then slow mo. And then yeah, and then the uh, basically Nazis from space come yeah. down. Basically yeah. Nazis from space. Well, okay. Yeah. One thing I kept thinking is uh, the the Admiral Bone to Pick, whatever his freaking name <laughs> <where it> was. <laughs> yeah. That's probably about right. <laughs> the space Nazi. Um, I li- and I like how in Star Wars it's like it's space Nazis, but you know they did costume design. Yeah. <laughs> and for this, they were like, "Yeah, put a Nazi uniform on him. Good, get enough." Put, yeah, exactly. Let's put a Nazi, Nazi uniform. uniform. Let's maybe just take out the swastika. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Um, but I loved that he wore a tie. And he wore the whole yes, goddamn yeah. movie, okay? Because I always think about ties that if aliens landed here, we'd have to explain ties. Oh my because, god! Right? So because true. why does why is that part of what we wear? It's such a weird, antiquated thing. But if you're not wearing a tie, it's like you are not formal. You are not to be taken seriously if you're not wearing a tie. Like it that. Was a very strange thing to see in space. That is so entrenched in our culture, but yeah. it doesn't make any lick of sense. Like, why would it wouldn't exist in any other planet? It doesn't exist in some cultures here. But right. If aliens came here, they'd be like, what's with this fucking little flappy thing? You tied it around yeah. you. And it what very does it do? Specific yeah. Fla- yeah. yeah. What does it what do? What is its function? We get the rest. Everything. Every other piece of clothing you wear serves a function. <laughs> but this flappy thing. Is, what, what, what would you say? <laughs> I don't know. It covers the buttons, I guess. You don't want to see the buttons. <laughs> oh, <laughs> buttons. Uh, oh, make a shirt without buttons. Oh, we have those. Uh, different. Uh, we're going to blow up this planet because you're so fucked up. Uh, the tie. The tie. So anyways, this guy wore a tie in a, in a non-Earth culture. Bad choice. Um, and then and then the other thing I thought about it too was, uh, well, once again, let's give it up to legendary composer John Williams because uh, the music was, in this. Yeah, unforget- forgettable. Completely, yeah. While I was listening to it, I was nope. like, this is not <laughs> good and doesn't add anything to it, and it shows once again like how important that was to Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. bad. Great point. Letter Kenny. Thank you. The letter Kenny wrapped up. I won't get into it. I, it it. Um, I mean, how do you end a show that it means so much to so many people and has done so much over the last uh, twelve seasons? Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought they did a real good job with it. Um, they took some big swings. They uh, made some choices that were like very. Um, there were, there were, they, they, not crowd pleasing. They could have taken an easy route with this show, and just given you exactly what you wanted. Because it is, at the end of the day, it's like a comedy. It's supposed to be like a feel good show. Give the people what they want, and they didn't. They mm. they did some very interesting things that are in their last season were a little bit more challenging. As a fan, didn't, and so didn't much so, you say that he was kind of going down the Ted Lasso a little bit train. Uh, in what way? Where like it was, it was becoming a different show. Mm. I think you explained that to Kirsten at some point. Well, it was or maybe becoming it was Shorzy. Shorzy, you were saying that. Yeah, okay, sorry, yeah. sorry, I get that. I'm getting that mixed up. Sorry. 
Yeah, and it was funny too because uh, this has become such a, con- a Christmas tradition. I had all these invites on Christmas Eve to like go to people's houses or spend the night here or whatever. And I we was, get it. You have friends. Yeah. I was like, no, thank you, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm staying home. I'm staying up till midnight. Watching so, Trailer Park Boys Christmas. Yeah. yeah, and then when Letterkenny <laughs> drops at midnight, I stayed up till four in the morning watching Letterkenny. That was oh how my I spent God, Christmas. Dude, wow, really, right? Because and and it got me a little bit emotional too because I have done that over the years. I have all these. Memories, no matter where I was, my dad's place, or my grandmother's house, or visiting my sister, or whatever it is, when everyone else goes to sleep, I pull out my iPad at midnight on Christmas Eve and watch Letterkenny. So, um, so yeah, it uh, it did a really good job though of kind of tying it all up. And but then I also can't feel too emotional about it because I think I read that uh, Jared Kiso, the creative guy behind it, signed up for like. And more seasons of Shorzy, <laughs> and oh, wow. and okay. then and other whatever he wants to do, right? Like his his deal is whatever you want to do, dude, just do it what and do it mine. forever. But Letter Kenny wrapped. Um, so, anyways, uh, if you haven't watched it because you're like, how many seasons are they making of this thing? Twelve seasons. Watch okay. it. It's the best show to come out of Canada, maybe ever. Oh. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Nice. Yeah. Thanks, man. Overshoots Creek. It's not even close. Over Kim's convenience. It's not I knew even this close. Would come, okay. come on. Sweet. Sweet. Paul Plastino, where can we find you on the internet? Instagram only. <laughs> Ryan? <laughs> I'm at boitanothedj.com. Arthur? At Art Aronson. Where am I these days? I guess just on Instagram. Facebook a little bit. Now I don't know why I'm kind Oof. of jumping back onto Facebook. Oh a little God! Bit. Ew, don't do why? That. Oh, to like unfriend people. I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, threads is is uh, starting to get its hooks in me a little is bit. It? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's starting. I, to I've been on Threads me. since the beginning, and Threads is starting to get its hooks in a lot of people. I'm seeing yeah. the activity ramp back up. Okay, obviously, well, I'm up for because grabs. of the push straight from Instagram that they had. Yes. They had big numbers and obviously they dropped right off. Well, now we are on a slow and what I believe to be a legitimate ascent. I'm oh. glad you're there. Uh, you know what though? It, uh, in some ways, it, like because Instagram shows you things and it's like, come on, come on, don't you want to see what's going on? But <laughs> today it showed me a thing that was like argumentative and I think probably a little bit racist and I was like, oh, this is the worst of what Twitter was. Yep. So, uh, nope. Uh, maybe not. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Mm. So, but for now, just Instagram, please. Oh, so, okay. So, all again, Brian and then Art and then me. I'm uh, at twitch.tv slash webmeisterbud. This has been the Zones Geek Up podcast episode 271. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening. Bye. The Geek Out podcast is a production of The Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcasts or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.